Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, guys. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. It has been growing like crazy lately. It's so great to have all you new listeners here, yeah. as well as the people that have been with us since episode one. Can you guys believe it? What season is this? Season four? Yeah. That's incredible. So we have well over 180 podcasts. That's a lot yes. of just sharing. Of course, we've been married for 22 years, for those of you who are new. <laughs> and so we have nine kids. We have kids in every season of life. So if you have babies, we have a baby. If you have toddlers, <laughs> we have toddlers. If you have middles, tweens, teens, young adults, we're there with you. And we're going to be grandparents soon. That's right. That's so pretty exciting. exciting. So yes. we're going to today, we're talking about helping your kids grow in maturity, how to really practical things you can do as parents to help them rise up, mm -hmm. take on more, which amazingly improves their attitudes and their well-being. That's right, you guys. I mean, obviously, uh, over the years of parenting with all different personalities and different kids that are wired differently, like we, and just being introspective and honest about what makes us feel um, really like we're we're living on purpose and fulfilling the purpose that God gave us, mm -hmm. right? Like he put in each person different desires, and we'll get into that in a minute. But one of those is um, this desire to be living purposefully, living on purpose, right? And so um, part of your kids growing towards figuring that out um, is understanding that God actually created them with a purpose now. And to give your kids vision is really important and to be stimulating, inspiring them to grow and learn new things and that that's actually the season that they're in. Right? Absolutely. And so just want to take a moment. Thank you guys for being part of the One Million Legacies movement. All mm -hmm. your shares, your written reviews on Apple Podcasts, for example, help the algorithms. Um, the podcast has been in the top 200 under religion and spirituality uh, a lot. And that's amazing because it helps mm -hmm. more people see it. So yeah. uh, your five-star reviews. Um, also the app reviews. Those of you in the Be Courageous app, the written reviews mm -hmm. and so forth. I think it has 86 five-star reviews reviews already. Uh, so that is so encouraging to us. We read every single one and mm -hmm. it helps more people discover them, yeah. obviously sharing the app, sharing CourageousParenting.com where there's free resources. In fact, every episode has show notes, mm -hmm. scripture referenced in the episode, a video. We're on Rumble. I don't know if people knew that, but mm -hmm. the, the Rumble video is there at CourageousParenting.com. So you can watch all it. All organized nicely. And there's also a free Courageous Parenting workshop, which I highly recommend uh, too. So anyway, Anyways, let's dive in. I think we're going to start a little differently today. Yeah. We have a lot of practical stuff, but we want to start with scripture today. We're going to read Ephesians 4, 11 through 17. You guys ready? Okay. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, to for building up 
the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I love this verse, especially for what we're talking, or I guess it's more of like a passage, actually. Um, And you could probably even do a whole sermon on that particular passage, but I might have before. Yeah. But the the truth is, you guys, that is the core of why we're even doing this, right? Mm -hmm. Most of us want. For our kids, we all want similar things. We want our kids to be walking in a legacy of faith. Mm-hmm. We want our kids to rise up and to be good citizens in the in the places that God has placed them all around the world. We want them to be good. Mem- and when I say good, I mean like effective, activated members yes. of the body of Christ, okay? Which they learn part of how to do that by how they function within your family as children. I'm always saying a child's play is their practice for life, Mm -hmm. Um, but also a child's, like what they are doing, how they're contributing in a family is going to be creating habits in Mm -hmm. them for how they're going to contribute in the body of Christ, whether they're even going to have that desire or that generosity muscle, um, having worked that out as far as like thinking, oh, I can do that. I can set up chairs. Oh, I can do that. I can bring communion to church that Sunday. Oh, I can serve that family. Oh, I want to give generously over here. All of those things, like the Holy Spirit prompts those things in us, but don't we want to be instilling those character qualities and encouraging our kids to be listening to the needs of others and have a heart of generosity towards participating, right? Like we all want that. And that's a level of maturity that you have to instill. I'm going to keep saying instill words like cultivate right? We're working on cultivating a garden and you have to do good work. You have to test the soil. So you need to evaluate like, where are my kids at right now in who they are in maturity, Mm -hmm. but also in who they are in Christ in their spiritual maturity. And then you are going to, you're going to stir them up towards good works because that's what the Bible calls us all to do. And so today, as we're, this is the parenting podcast and we're talking about parenting and we want to encourage you and how to stir up good works in your kids. But part of that is going to be how to stir up growing in your kids and encouraging parents in how to let their kids grow. A lot of times we don't even realize it but we stifle the maturity of our kids. Culture stifles the maturity of our kids. There's little things you don't even realize, like you're in a hurry or you just lack patience, so you don't empower your kids to participate in something. Therefore, now they're staying at a certain level when really God designed them already to be doing more and you don't realize it, and they're being stifled, and that starts to hurt their attitude. 
That right. starts to hurt their behavior. They start feeling not in, important in the way that right. they probably are supposed to be feeling. It's interesting because we talk about this more in depth. Uh, well, this thing that I'm going to share with you more in depth in the Parenting Mentor Program, which you can find out more about that, by the way, by just going to p- CourageousParenting.com. Um, but we talk about this concept of stirring up your kids and not holding them back and that that really is fulfilling what we call their nurturing needs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a hierarchy of needs that we go over, a, a nurturing needs section that is based upon what the Bible teaches us regarding how God wired and designed all human beings, right? And when we as parents hold our kids back or we stifle them, then there's a need. Yeah, and some people... And so we need to fill that. Sometimes we think, oh, kids, let kids be kids, and they should be playing and they should be doing school and that's about it it. (laughs) and we believe kids should be playing and they should be doing their homework and And be studious and learning and so forth Mm -hmm. but we shouldn't forsake this important part of all of us which is contribution Mm -hmm. and learning new responsibilities and becoming more capable of things that actually matter and impact positively other Mm -hmm. people we all crave that even Mm -hmm. the three-year-old craves that. And so how can we also give a greater level of responsibility as they're growing older and 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 help fulfill what God already put in them? So mm-hmm. I think that's so important. Yeah, they love to play, but if they only play, they're going to become depressed after a while. I even just saw it like just a side note, because you guys, oftentimes when we're sharing and we're teaching these different things that we've learned over the years, I just want to remind you that it's because we've usually screwed up in something and then we become aware of it and we've tried to correct it. And then we go, oh, maybe other people need to know about this. Um, and, th- you know, there was just even this last weekend, Isaac and I haven't had a chance to really talk about it, but I'm just going to share it here. This On Saturday, we were planting a bunch of trees. We were working super hard as a family. Everybody was, almost everybody was participating. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that, when I say almost everybody, is that it was difficult for the six-year-old, the three-year-old, and obviously Xander is 10 months old. So um, that made it a little more difficult for me. I had him in the backpack and the Mm -hmm. stroller and things. But I noticed our three-year-old, because he's three and he was so little and it was hard to find things for him to actually do that wouldn't get in the way of the bigger project, he started getting sad. Mm Mm-hmm. And so even just within one project where our whole family is working together as a team, him, it wasn't that he was discluded or, or excluded, sorry. Um, it was that there we were just all working on things. And at three years old, you have to be directed in what to do. You need someone to patiently walk beside you and teach you how to do these things. But because I was preoccupied in teaching everybody else, like, oh, I want the topsoil first and then the compost and then da 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 all the details – He was over here playing the mud and I thought he was happy, but then by that night he was kind of acting out and I realized now looking back, it was because I should have spent more time directing him on a project where he felt like he was participating. Like I did with Solomon, like you did with Solomon Mm -hmm. and who's six and was digging holes. If you saw our Insta stories, you would have seen Solomon like working super hard and digging. And I, I bring this story up to you guys because it actually like, I think he had kind of hurt feelings, Mm. even though he couldn't fully express what was going on because I was like are you sad and he's like no 
But it was like clear to me that he was. And so as parents with the little kids, we are going to go age category here through some different things in a few minutes. But as a parent, we have to observe because sometimes even our children don't know how to put words to what they're feeling mm-hmm. when because they don't understand that God created them with an innate desire to be productive and to con- contribute. Mm-hmm. You actually sh- should have that conversation with your kids and teach them about themselves in that regard, especially as they get older. You're going to want to teach it over and over again because this is a huge key to kids not becoming depressed. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. It's a really big deal. And sometimes people are always trying to, well, and it makes sense because there's, there is folly in a child. Yeah. How do we fix disobedience? How do we fix the poor attitude, the selfishness, the, these things? Well, there's, this is part of it. We're not saying right. this is everything. There's no. other episodes you can listen to on those things, but this is a key integral part of being a proactive parent to invest in your kids, be more patient and include them. Mm -hmm. Because as we said so many times, kids rise to the level of responsibility you give them and you're to discern when something is safe, obviously, Mm -hmm. Yes, but they're usually more capable than we realize. Especially when it comes to digging holes. (laughs) Okay. So I want to share another scripture with you guys, which is in John chapter eight, it's verses 31 and 32. Um, Jesus is talking here he says so jesus said to the jews who had believed in him if you abide in my word you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free this the reason why i wanted to share this scripture with you guys is because a lot of parents have come to me over the years saying well aren't you scared or fearful or anxious or stressed out about letting your kids do xyz Okay, so I'll give you a couple examples. When our daughter went, who is now almost 22, when she was 15 or 16, she went to this Stanford University Law and Trial Program. Okay, there were 300 kids that were chosen around the nation to go to this program. And people were like, aren't you scared to let her go? AKA anxious, fearful, worried, name, name it however you want to name it. And we really had a piece about it. I mean, um, there was some initial concern. We had to learn more investigate things. And, uh, you know, obviously I flew out there with her, made sure she got settled in correctly. We did certain things. Yeah. We weren't careless, if you will, or irresponsible by any, um, any stretch of the imagination. But I, I will say there was this element of who she was at that time. I knew that I could trust her. Yeah. Can I just, I'm just going to be real quick and clear. I knew she was ready I knew that there was a maturity and a discernment that w- that dwelt in her that was the Holy Spirit. I knew she was saved. I knew like there were these things these that made it easier for my mama heart mm-hmm. to let her go and grow. Can I just say that? And so the things we're going to share with you today got her to that place, got us to the place where we were like, okay, time for you to fly a little bit on your own. And the same thing goes when our son um, moved out and got married. I had so many people messaging me. I'm sure you did too, where you were like, where they were like, oh, isn't he young to be getting married and different things like that? And I, you know what? I have to say, like, he was far more mature than most. 25 and 30 year old men I've met. You know what? And I so, didn't get those questions. It's so interesting how we get different questions. We get different I questions. I got nobody asked me. He's 18. 
Isn't that a little young? No, I didn't get any of those. That I got a ton of them. Yeah. Um, but I think maybe it's more the mama hearts. Maybe. That are like, oh, are you worried? Are you, is he ready? Or you know, and I and again, I have to say, um, is not. I don't want to be taking credit here. I just have to say, and so you you can't take credit either. Like that is the work of the Holy Spirit in your kids' lives, maturing them as they are abiding in Him. But the fruit that we saw in our kids was that they were reading the word without us telling them to, for example. That's just one example. Um, Making wise choices in friendships, discerning those things, being a leader, not a follower. Um, Different things that all parents desire for their kids. Can I, like, we all desire this for all of our kids, right? And so I do think that there is an element of influence that parents have to impact their children to help them grow to that place. Because I've known a lot of Christian parents, I've watched a lot of Christian kids grow up and not get to that place. And I've seen a lot of Christian parents not have peace when their kids move out, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I remember reading a book. Um, a couple of teenagers actually wrote the book, and it has stories in there about kids doing great things way in the past, like a fourteen-year-old in history who was a captain of a ship with crew um, and did it well, and a sixteen-year-old who, who led this other thing. And you know, in society today, we've really slowed down maturity process. Mm -hmm. And I think it's to the detriment of how God made people. And I'm not saying, you know, hurry up their childhood by any stretch of the imagination, but while they're in their childhood, enjoying childhood things, they should also be maturing at a more rapid pace than the world thinks is normal. Can I just also point out that what the world thinks is normal is not actually producing the fruit that any Christian parent should ever desire. We have kids, we hear this all the time. I have a 28-year-old that isn't launching. This whole like concept of failing on the the launching process of being responsible, holding down a job, any of these things like this that's actually what is common in society, but it's not supposed to be normal. Biblically, it would not be normal. Maybe those parents shouldn't have just let them play and do school and that's it. Right. And some simple chores. Because the thing is, is what does that do? It indulges the flesh. The flesh is lazy. The flesh doesn't want sinful flesh is like, do everything for me. I have an entitled attitude. I know I'm just going to be, I'm going to get that from my parents and my parents will give me the business and I'll do this and I'll do like that. That's indulging the flesh actually. Mm -hmm. And as parents, we have to actually withhold from our kids sometimes so that they can actually grow to be the type of person that should be stewarding a business, for now, example. we did just yeah. make a general statement. There's, of course, unique situations yeah. with COVID and people losing jobs and th- people moving and all these kinds of things. Oh, yeah, there's lots of reasons why there's good reasons people would move for back to families be with their to parents. rejoin yeah. together uh-huh. despite age. But you know what we mean. Okay. Yeah. So I think that, you know, ultimately, as we're d- diving into these, we all need to agree that society leading this conversation of what kids are capable of doing is not a biblical perspective at all. And it's not going to produce the fruit that you would desire. But instead, we should be going to the word. And what I just read, what Isaac just read in Mm -hmm. Ephesians and John, talk about the importance of the body being equipped, which is what Isaac was talking about. Um, And so as we're doing this, that should be our ultimate goal, that our kids are being equipped because they are going to be active, Lord willing, 
active parts of the body of Christ. Amen. And 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, one of my favorite verses, hopefully one of your favorites too. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And every age matters. Right. It's not like, okay, uh, and they're, thir- every, they're yeah. 13 now, and oh, wait, I heard about this manhood ceremony thing. Let me get that together. No, you, I mean, it's it's a process of cultivating and nourishing greater maturity and responsibility and biblical mm-hmm. truth and a love for God yeah. over time. And the same with the with the daughters. It's There's no difference. Right. There's We do womanhood ceremonies, but it's mm-hmm. not like, okay, it's of age, and now we're going to do this thing. No, it's been a cultivation year after year mm-hmm. of maturity and helping our kids mm-hmm pointing them to Jesus and helping them grow in responsibility uh, in the tasks that they do. So I think maybe we should go through some of the examples. Yeah. So as we're going through these little categories, I don't know if you're driving and listening, that's fine. But there may be some things that you want to write down just to kind of like jot your memory as your kids go into different seasons. Or you can just like save this podcast and listen to it later. We're going to give you some practical examples of things that we have done with our kids, but that also we've seen other people do as well in regards to um, progression of growth. I I guess that's the best way to say it. It's like a a growth capacity because when you, when you grow through something, when you learn a new skill, then you're more ready for the next thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so with babies and toddlers, I would say that this is actually something that society actually teaches a lot on, whereas they teach way less on how to teach tweens, teens and young adults things, which is crazy. You would well, think there would be even more. But I think it's because, you know, it's it's easier to feel confident in teaching the babies and toddler things. Because it's easy stuff. Because that, you know, as they get older, you can really tell if it's the fruit of your parenting or not even more. Right. Well, and as we're going through these practical things, I want to remind you too, like we have babies and toddlers and little kids right now. Also, we are literally walking in that parenthood journey, that sanctification time, right? Where kids are waking up teething and it's hard, physically exhausting at times, right? Mm -hmm. Because you've got sleep deprivation, you're always carrying kids around, like all the things. And I, I get that. But there is a perspective that needs to be heard by parents that is when your kids are little, you're more hands on. And as they get older, you get to let go if Mm -hmm. and only if you are truly doing a good job with being hands-on and teaching them things when they're younger. Mm-hmm. And I said, if and only if, because it's it's harder to trust them if you haven't equipped them, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that parents actually hold, hold back some of those older kids too. They're less prepared because their parents were holding them back, mm-hmm. right? And maybe they were holding them back rightfully so because they didn't prepare them when they were younger. And so we need to take responsibility as parents actually to be performing the duties that God has called us to. And listen, do your best at obeying God's word regarding these duties of parenting and then give it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, that's actually why I don't struggle with fear and anxiety and stress and these different things. This is to answer that question of those moms. And part of it is what Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you will truly be my disciples. You will know the truth and truth will set you free. So this Mm -hmm. is the thing. When you're teaching your kids the truth and they're walking in the truth, guess what bondage moms are set free from? 
the bondage of fear, the bondage of worry, the bondage of anxiety. And so starting young when they're babies and toddlers and having worship music that teaches them the word, reading the Bible in front of your babies and toddlers, this is crucial because it starts when they're really little, putting the word of God into them over and over again and and making it a daily habit to, to be eating the bread of life, if you will, and then when they're older, they start doing it because it's what they always knew, right? I, I think we should do some rapid fire practical things for babies and toddlers. Okay. So we've got teething, obviously. When babies start teething, what's the next step? You as a parent go, oh, they have teeth. They're ready to eat food. Now I can give them food, right? Like that's a practical example of vision as a parent for what comes next. Here's another one, crawling. What do you think of when they're crawling? Oh, they're going to be walking soon. Or they start before crawling, they're sitting up. Oh, they're going to be crawling soon. And then they're crawling. Oh, they're going to be walking. And then when they're walking, oh, they're going to be running. And then they're going to be jumping, right? And then there's these celebrations, which they understand when you're excited, when they first start crawling, when they first start standing, what are they becoming accustomed to? Making progress and people celebrating with them. Right. Affirming that they're doing a good job, that they're growing in it. And you're actually celebrating their growth. Mm Mm-hmm. Flash forward for a second. Have you celebrated your 14-year-old's growth in learning a new um, form of math or being able to really master playing the guitar on a song? Or are Mm. you so used to hearing them practice it every single day that once they master it, there's no like stopping for a moment to listen and really applaud them and thank them? And That's right. I mean, meetings as a family are so important Yeah, because we can celebrate what seems to be small to some people at the table is huge to other people at the table right that are getting that are receiving it so we we should celebrate mm-hmm. even what we think are small things yeah because sometimes a, a younger in age kid thinks it's a, a big deal right and it's good to teach your kids how to celebrate the younger kids big things yeah. that might seem small to them um, it helps that that child to feel valued and loved um, some other examples for babies and toddlers are communication um, I wouldn't say that baby signs are like a must as a parent but it is actually the first like one of the first ways that you're communicating other than body language and like picking up your baby when they're crying and coddle, cuddling them and nurturing them and being tender with them is obviously a way you're communicating nursing is a way you communicate there are many ways you can communicate with your babies before they're speaking verbally. Um, but but if you do do baby signs, then typically you start speaking the word with the baby sign to teach them how to speak because that's the vision, right? That's the growth is that they're going to be speaking soon. Um, potty training is another thing example, right? Like potty training with the vision that they will no longer be wearing diapers. Woohoo! That's going to save some money on a monthly basis, right? And Uh, Let me just remind you that all of these things are things that you are actually helping your child to do or you are doing with your child because they're babies and they're toddlers. And so that's what I mean by it's more hands-on, right? Um, And it's the same thing with like, can I just even say we did a last podcast was on emotional outbursts, Mm -hmm. um, which you got to go listen to that. Um, but the truth is, is if you never train a three-year-old or a two-year-old on emotional outbursts, what do you think it's going to look like when they're teenagers? Mm-hmm. And so you have to have this vision. You have to have vision as a parent, which we say over and over again. But you have to understand that the little things you're doing with the babies and toddlers is actually preparing them to be able to be um, a more, more of a blessing when they're older, actually. And sometimes as parents, we can have less vision when it's not immediate and obvious. 
So it's immediate and obvious that teething is happening, that crawling turns into walking, that potty training needs to happen. That's obvious. obvious. And we have a selfish motivation. Yeah, not even selfish, a good motivation. Right, we want to see We it. want to see them yeah. not wear diapers anymore, and it's easier, and it's good for them, and it's good all around, right? Right. But now when the kids get a little bit older, are we stopping? Are we getting too busy? And are we missing the little steps mm-hmm. that they need to hear from you to put forward in front of them as a little vision and celebrate when they achieve it? Yeah. So let's move into the kids, and I'll just rapid fire some more of these examples. Like maybe you're You've taught your 18-month-old to 3-year-old to do the Strider bike. You know, those ones that don't have training wheels and they don't have pedals. Well, what's the next step? It's going to be a little kid bike. Mm -hmm. Or you'll tell them it's a big kid bike, right? And so you have this natural progression. Snowboarding, obviously, if you are you have a baby that's crawling, you're not going to take them snowboarding or skiing when they're a baby and they're crawling. They don't yeah. even know how to stand up and walk. So th- you, they, there are things that people have to learn before they can do the next thing. And it's our duty as parents to help them learn these basic life skills so that they can be learning the next ones, right? I like your progressive uh, progression of chores because I think that that could be – there's an opportunity there in a lot of families yeah. of helping them – keep making progress. Sometimes they get stuck on the one level, but as they get older, they should be doing better, bigger chores, bigger chores, even more, um, skillful chores, right. That maybe take time for mom to stop and take a moment to teach them something. We've been teaching this for so long and we go in depth on chores, by the way, in the parenting mentor program, there's a whole list in the, one of the parenting mentor packets that comes with that video. Um, on, so, we do go into that more in the parenting mentor program. And we talk about why we don't pay chores in a different podcast. So that's probably another question you might be having. But make sure there's no chores that are disdained by people in the family. Right. If they see that you don't like a chore, they will not think it's an important thing, an important contribution. Yep, for sure. So it's very important that all contributions are looked at as important. And the, and that's a biblical concept, right? Do everything as unto the Lord. That's something that if we're teaching it to our kids, then we have to try to do it ourselves. And we need to like say, hey, yeah, I struggle mm-hmm. with having a good attitude doing dishes. And I'm sorry, but you need to have a good attitude too. Like we both need to work on this. Mm-hmm. You can go at it from that way too. Okay, so progression of chores. Isaac's totally right. So start them out with cutting olives, with putting their um, clothes in their laundry basket, with making their bed, with putting their toys away. If they can get toys out, they can put toys away. Just period. That's if they can get toys out, they can put toys away. Or toys disappear. Um, right. And so then what does it move to? It moves to using the vacuum cleaner, sweeping. Like, have they cleaned up the toys so that they don't clog up the vacuum, right? And so there's the progression of to- like, okay, so you make fingerprints on the window. Can you wipe the window and get rid of the fingerprints? Yeah, you can. Um, and so giving your kids responsibility and then praising them afterwards, affirming that and then thanking them, maybe rewarding them if it was a harder chore. Mm-hmm. Um, here are some other ideas. Kids at this age, when they start, that's when they start doing like imagination and they start thinking and they start having their own ideas and their own thoughts and their own questions. So if you have kids that start asking why, again, this is another topic that we teach on in depth in the Parenting Mentor Program, but if they start having ideas and thoughts, this is where you want to engage, not shut down, not answer the kids. Don't do that because this is where... Like you are cultivating a teacher-student relationship with your kids. 
And that is necessary for all things. If you want your kids to be coming to you for wisdom when they're older Mm -hmm. on things, you have to cultivate a teacher-student kind of relationship with your kids. And this is the time where that is happening, right? Where you're taking time to teach them a new skill, teach them a new chore, teach them a new responsibility. And you're taking time to do it with them and being patient with them. If you aren't patient with them, now I've made this mistake. If you're not patient with them and you're just like quick and you're like, come on, why aren't you doing it right? and you're, you're snapping at them and you're kind of like rough, they are not going to come back to learn from you when they're older. Mm-hmm. And so you have to really soften. You have to get rid of your schedule and take the time and slow down long enough to teach them things. Um, and then the other thing, this is really important for, for you to understand. Kids that are just coming out of the toddler stage and they're and then they're old, getting older, not quite tween age years, they're starting to make their faith their own. Right? So a lot of their ideas, their thoughts, their questions could be around faith. They should be. Mm-hmm. They should be. They should start really grappling, like really thinking through, criti- starting to do a little bit of critical thinking and asking questions. And that is normal and that's a good thing. You want your kids to make their own faith their own. Absolutely. In the teenage years, um, they are making their own choices, mm-hmm. and you need to empower them to do that. They're moving from half to being told things to being responsible and following through. And I think we potentially need to let them feel the pain of some bad choices, mm-hmm. not in an unsafe way, right? but within your family, like neglect, if they neglect something uh, that they own, for example, and then it breaks. Like and then if they it breaks. A bike outside we don't in the just, rain. We don't just replace it. Yeah. You might teach them how to fix it. They might pay for the parts themselves mm-hmm. and you or spend the time to teach them. But make sure they learn their lessons about being responsible. So good. Um, start managing time, money. You know, they should be experienced giving mm-hmm. and saving and spending and those different dynamics. It's mm-hmm. so, so important. Asking deeper questions and you can ask the Holy Spirit to prompt you what questions to ask your kid. Your kids are unique, and you're unique, and you have a unique relationship. So you need to think about the questions that would go deeper than the normal conversations mm-hmm. um, that can really do that. This is where you want to really cultivate that deep relationship uh, with mm-hmm. your teenagers um, and help them to think critically. I've once told them several different data points and help them come up with how they're connected. That's just some different ways to do that. So you were just talking about the tweens and teens. And I I think that um, during this time too, this is when kids start really wanting to put a label on their purpose. Mm-hmm. Like they actually will start verbalizing that to you. And so it's really important that you're acknowledging all of these things as they're learning them and like affirming that in them and pointing out what they're naturally good at and um, encouraging them in growing in new skills, like maybe even just inspiring them towards learning it more, right? Like, for example, you guys know that our our teenage sons that are 13 and 15, they have some businesses with building essential oil shelves and flags, right? Mm -hmm. And so that didn't just like happen, okay? 
how it came about was doing a woodworking project together, remodeling the Courageous Parenting Studio and seeing certain skills in them and going, hey, you're pretty good at that. And them going, oh, okay, mm-hmm. well, there's a problem. Maybe I can create a solution to fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and like, and talking about it and us encouraging them and going, oh yeah, lots of women have all different kinds of essential oils and they're cluttered and they don't have a place for them. If you sell these shelves, that's a solution for other women, right? And it, lo and behold, it was, and it became a business for our 13-year-old. So, but but I bring that story up to you guys because a lot of times it's easy to look at what another family is doing or mm-hmm. what a kid is good at and just think, oh, they've always they've always had that going and not ask the question, how what did they walk through first to get to that place? What was the process? And the process was that there was a lot of encouragement and a lot of time where Isaac spent helping our son to figure out the right tools to purchase, how to use them safely, like a lot of time learning. And, and sometimes you things. try things and it's not a hit with the kid. You know, we've, right. uh, I remember one kid uh, helped them set up a blog and that just ended up not being a passion of theirs. And yeah. so I spent a lot of good time and energy and even some money uh, to do something. And that's okay because you're exploring. See, kids need to try different things and yeah. you're the steward of helping them discover their gifts and how they can contribute. And what an important time. You're looking for evidence when they're middle-aged kids and in the teenage years, you're taking that evidence to mm-hmm. try things and further hone in on things that they delight in, delight-directed activities and studies mm-hmm. and all these things to really focus on what they enjoy. Um, so all kids desire looking bigger, don't they? That's right. They all desire, even the three-year-old. I'm big. You know, don't, oh no, don't tell me I'm cute. I'm handsome. <laughs> you know, yeah. like they, they do, they, and they express it in different ways. That's how our three-year-old ex- is expressing it right now. I'm not cute. I'm handsome. <laughs> or don't call me that. Don't call I me agree cute. with that. And so, and I love that because it just shows mom and dad that there is an importance for him to feel big and to have some things that he can do on his own independently and succeed at them. Yeah. And it, sometimes it takes a little bit of creativity, um, but it's also important that you understand like God's word as you are digging into the word with your kids and and they're learning about their own faith, they're figuring things out. As you are reading the Bible with them, that's going to be how they, when they're little, are abiding in him is you actually abiding in him with them. Does that make sense? And then as they start getting older and they can read, then you can start having them participate and they can read it out loud or have quiet time. Um, We have a Bible time, quiet time in our daily homeschool routine. And so that gives time where everybody can like, okay, this is just time with the Lord, right? And now I see it even within like our 17-year-old where she makes daily time although she's in charge of her schedule and when she's doing what studies, she makes time alone for God because that's something that she grew up doing. Yeah. You don't want God to be an afterthought. You don't want reading the Bible to be an idea. It needs to be a practice. Mm -hmm. And in Isaiah uh, chapter 54, 13, it says, all your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. Mm -hmm. So there's peace when they're taught in the Lord, when Mm -hmm. they're reading the word, it literally influences them. And there's not a human being that exists that doesn't need the word of God. Mm -hmm. We need it to have a good attitude. We need God. We need to lean into his word to be corrected, Mm -hmm. to have a correct perspective on a situation or a relationship and these kinds of things. So if you're parenting in your own strength and the Bible and the word of God is not 
penetrating your kids' hearts and maybe not penetrating your heart as much as it should, that's a tough mm-hmm. road. Yeah. That is very difficult. And it's going to be very hard to have the patience to do these things with your kids and help them have the appropriate progression because the world says there's a lot to offer mm-hmm. and we can get enticed in, in, in directions and not be patient at home. Mm-hmm. I know this as a father, I can be, have this ambition in my heart to do something when I'm, especially in my younger years. And I can not give as much patience when I'm at home because I have so much on my mind, mm-hmm. so many things that I feel like I need to do, but really they're a want to do in some cases. Mm-hmm. Some of them are a need. That is true. But sometimes it's a want. It's a want the next level. Oh, when once we achieve this, then I'll. Yeah. But you know what? That kind of belief sets a habit in you and it usually leads to mm-hmm. you never. Right. You know, as we're talking about the tweens and teens, one of the verses that I remember just encouraging our sons with is in Psalm 119, verse 9, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? Of course, this is for women as well. How can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? By guarding it according to your word. Your kids are not going to be equipped as young people to keep their heart pure on their own. It has to be guarded according to God's word. And so they need to be in the word on a daily basis to be able to guard it, right? To know right from wrong, all of these things. And so um, as they're starting to ask deeper questions, take them back to the word of God. As they start thinking critically, go, okay, but what does the Bible say? Because Mm -hmm. the Bible actually helps us to think critically. It actually helps us to think purely and righteously and make wise decisions. Um, And and understanding that, you know, as your kids are moving from that older teens, we're going to spend a ton of time on the older teens to adult stage. um, But there's certain things that like permits, right? Like society will do the whole, you're going to get your permit. And then what's the next, next vision is to then you'll have your license. But let's not leave it at those things. What are all the things in between that you should create your own little Mm -hmm. visions for and excitement for? Are are they leading up to a manhood or womanhood ceremony? Is there uh, some kind of thing they get to do? Are they looking for a job? Are they are more independent students? Sometimes it's the things that go unnoticed and not affirmed that. that can be like the most impactful in a negative way to kids. Can I just say that? Especially when they're older, I found Mm -hmm. like the, the things like being an independent student have, if you have an independent student, a kid that just is disciplined at getting their homework done and you don't have to tell them, have you appreciated that in them? Like really taking an effort to go, Hey, you know what? Today I want to just take you out for a cup of coffee because mm-hmm. I'm really proud of how independent you have been in your studies. You've been really diligent. That's so good. And it's like amazing how all of a sudden they're like, oh, wow. You're calling out a character trait, that they are living a disciplined life, that you're acknowledging that in them and that that makes you trust them more and that you see growth in them. We need to call these growth spurts out in our kids. And it's easy sometimes to go when they're like, oh, mom, my shoes are mm-hmm. too small. Or my shirt's too small. Or I need more pants because I grew, right? Those growth spurts, it's like they're inevitable, right? They're going to happen regardless of if you try not to or not. 
And it's easy for us as parents to go, oh, okay, well, let's go get you new ones. In a sense, that's like a celebration to the kid. Oh, I get new ones, even if they're hand-me-downs. They're not the old ones that I was just wearing, right? But we need to acknowledge the character development growth spurts, the spiritual development growth spurts, the communication growth spurts, the friendship growth spurts, the relational growth spurts, right? Because there's a social... Um, awareness that kids, as they grow up, they become more socially aware. We need to acknowledge those things so that they are like, oh, this is really a valuable skill. And we all need this. We should be modeling this in our marriages. Spouses encouraging each other, acknowledging achievements, acknowledging Mm -hmm. other things. It's super, super important because everybody wants to be known, right? Everybody wants to be valued, make a contribution and grow. Those are four things that all people want, desire, and I would say that they're like deep down needs within people to be able to be known, to be valued, give a contribution, grow, like Isaac was just saying. And I would say like for me, this is a healthy practice that I'm even going to do, and I'm just going to share two questions with you that I think would be really powerful for you as a parent. Do a little parenting audit on those four things. How good are you at knowing your child? Do they feel known? helping them feel valued, helping them to give a contribution and acknowledging their growth and helping them grow. Are you, how good are, like audit those four things and then go, okay, these are the things I'm good at. Now, where can I improve? And if you sat down and really thought about each kid and you asked yourself how you are as a parent and how you can grow and improve to help your kids, I think that you'll find that there is a new purposefulness and intentionality that starts really inspiring you as a parent too. Because I get that the daily rigmarole, the normal, Mm -hmm. the menial, the mundane things, it can be hard to have vision as a parent, to be excited about being a parent. I get that. Yeah. And hey, husbands, make sure you think about these things with your wife. Mm -hmm. Do you encourage those four things in your wife? It's Mm -hmm. important. I think that... um, Ultimately, as we're letting our kids grow, eventually we have to realize, we have to prepare our own hearts that they're eventually going to go. So as they're growing, start asking God to prepare your heart to let them go because they are going to have to go someday. We have to trust our kids and understand that they're actually his kids, not ours. We actually love that they're getting older. There's this saying a lot of times, where did the time go? Mm -hmm. And I understand that thought. I've had that thought before. But Mm -hmm. I shift to, I'm excited that they're older. Mm -hmm. I love that everybody gets older because everybody gets to experience progress and grow maturity and experience more of God in different new ways and and contribute to the world Mm -hmm. in new, interesting ways. Let's just make Mm -hmm. sure our paradigm is focused forward, not backwards. Otherwise, we might be holding our kids back. That's right. The last two things that we want to share with you guys is to not label your kids. I think that it's really easy especially in today's society, to have ageism. We've talked about that many times in previous podcasts. Um, but don't don't label your kids as not being able to do certain things and then make them stuck in that spot. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think, and that goes along with what Isaac was saying regarding not stifling your kids, but part of that happens when we label them as, well, they're six, so they can't do the eight-year-old thing, right? You got to take all ages off all things. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even like that there's ages for certain things because there's different maturity in different kids based upon how they're raised actually and how God wired them. And so we need to take the labels off and we need to verbalize that to our family, to our kids, we are not labeling each other. We need to give each other grace to grow. Because if you, if you aren't 
teaching this concept to the whole family, it will happen from sibling to sibling because that's the human nature, right? And what you want is for your kids to like grow and then go and acknowledge that their younger siblings are still growing also. We've had so many conversations with older kids one-on-one about their younger sibling and about how they need to let Let them them grow. grow. Mm-hmm. And specifically the way they are stifling them by right. how they view their younger sibling, maybe from something they did in the past or whatever. And they're hanging on to that belief about them. Right. So we or have to let each other grow. still them as a little kid when maybe they're a middle kid and yeah. they can handle more things, right? And and not under like, it, this is just an important conversation. I would say if you have really involved grandparents that are like helping you, that you guys live in close community with, this would be a good conversation to even have with them because sometimes grandparents can bring on that, that labeling too. And so, but ultimately when it comes to like letting your kids go and not having fear, part of it is that you're letting them grow into maturity and you're acknowledging it and that helps prepare your own heart to let them go. But really you just got to do your best at obeying God's word regarding the duties of parenting and then give it to the Lord. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.